Hey, everybody, just a heads up that Milton will be offering a new class in the new year. This will be a combination technique and script analysis class. It's going to begin on January 6th, and it's an eight week session. So it runs from January 6th through February 25th. Classes will be held once a week on Saturdays from 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern time over Zoom. So if you are interested, email Walker, that's me, at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Now, usually when we make these announcements, uh, the classes fill up pretty quick. So the sooner the better. Email me at questionsformilton at gmail.com and we'll get you signed up. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. I think you'll all be pleased to know that the struggle I've had learning French has made me understand your struggle much better. I, I have made every single mistake that all of you make, which includes, is not limited to, but includes um, looking at it once. I happen to be looking over possessive pronouns today. And so I think, oh, okay, so I've got that, mon, ma, me. And so it's, it's like, so I look at it once and think, now I've got it. And I don't realize you have to keep going over it and keep going over it and keep going over it. At, at any rate, I, be, I began to once again understand the horror of learning acting because clearly, man, it's just rough. I mean, it's so interesting to me. It's not like you can just get it right once. I, I almost think the fact that you can get it right once in class. I happen to have been brilliant the other day in class, in my French class. Albert has this really, really annoying little thing that when I get something right, confetti comes across the screen. You will never get that from me. Unfortunately, there is no such thing as confessions, unfortunately. <laughs> no. So I, at any rate, I got it right one day and then the next day, of course, I blew it. So look. Nothing about acting is either easy or you can read about it unless it's my book. Uh, but but it's, it's really down to you. And, and I think one of the things that you have to really begin to do is to trust you. And I know it's really difficult. We spend all of our lives thinking that people are judging us. The agent is judging you. Can I get an agent? Is the casting director judging you? Did I do it right? Is it good enough for this? Is it good enough for that? Sometimes you just know that this isn't working. I need to go back to class. Sometimes you know that I, 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 I'm missing a tool and, and uh, um, I, I'm, I need to exercise this tool. Here, here's what I noticed from some of my private students. When they're doing talking out things, they're worried about the right words. Don't. I know that sounds really weird, but don't. You're not a writer. So there's an exercise which I'd love for you all to do, which is an exercise where you take an editorial 
and put it in your own words. The purpose of this particular exercise is to get you to recognize a sequence of thoughts. And editorials are really good for that. They're not too long. I often do uh, letters to the editor, especially if it's the New York Times. They're not too long. They have a point of view, which is an important concept for you to understand as actors. What is my point of view? Um, and then what am I talking about? And so the what am I talking about is, is something that will last you forever. These are concepts that are in every monologue you do, that is that in every, all these sides you do that drive you insane when you have overnight, you that's what you look for. You don't memorize words. You don't, in other words, you don't memorize sentences. You say, first I talk about this, then I talk about this, then I talk about this, then I talk about this. Then maybe after twice, depending on how old you are, um, then you decide to just try it in your own words. Now, the important thing about doing it in your own words is that you don't have time to memorize the words, which will then right away keep you from doing creative work. Um, and that's the reason I'm telling you, so many of these things you can do every day. You can pick up an editorial and say, I'm going to put it into my words. And you, co you cover two huge things with that. One, sequence of thoughts. Second, point of view. Every character has a point of view. And so now you do it. And when you get really, really brave... You, you know, you sit down at a dinner party and you, and you say to yourself, you know, I've been thinking about, and they look and go, what, you think? And so you say, yes, you know, I've been thinking about the Screen Actors Guild strike. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's based on an editorial and you put it in your own words. In putting it into your own words, what you begin to do is free yourself up. So, but here's the thing. I think you have to consciously say, I am going to force myself to put it into my own words and, and not worry about whether I'm literate or not. You have to. Because... There's so many things that stop us from being spontaneous. I had an interesting thing yesterday. I went to uh, my brilliant son's, or as I call her, my belle-fille, my brilliant son's fabulous wife, who's way too self-deprecating. She did a reading of a play I hate, I thought. Anyway, August Osage County, about three months ago. 
And so everybody came, you know, and they had all these stars, Sally Field, Bradford Whitley or Whitley Bradford, whatever it is. Anyway, they had all these stars. So they're clearly thinking of a Broadway revival. And so uh, Alex auditioned for it in L.A., saying, of course, that she lived in New York and she got it. And so then they did another reading yesterday with some some different actors. Uh, a few different actors, anyway, uh, and uh, and they ask Alex to come back. Uh, um, so f- for some reason, she didn't understand that that's fabulous. But you know, what can I tell you, uh, actors? So at any rate, but I went to the reading, and what really interested me was you could tell these actors who were theater actors because what they were able to do is to be very, God, it was so comfortable. You know, the TV actors all had a performance, but the theater actors, you know, when, when you've rehearsed a play, even for three weeks, you know, you've played with it, you've played with it, you've, you've, faltered with it, you, you've, you've managed to not do it well, you've managed to say, oh my God, what the hell's happened? And then you make, make it through that. And, and watching the ease with which they did this reading. I mean, they only had three days to rehearse, but it was a reading. And uh, Alex was playing the Native American, her family ethnicity is uh, from El Salvador. And there's a long monologue at the beginning of this play with the father um, who dies. He had only come in that day. And it was, it was wonderful. Just knowing that, that, you know, to me, when an actor is secure, it's like watching a dancer do pirouettes. You know, I used to I used to go to the Met to watch Barishnikov and before that Nureyev, and so uh, but you know Barishnikov would do eight turns, and you never thought he'd fall. He just da da one two three four five six seven eight hold. And so, but that's a technique. That's a technique. And that's what I noticed about these actors. It was a thrilling reading. It was a thrilling reading because the confidence they had was so clear. And I think it's just because they worked on their technique. I mean, that's the important thing. It's very much like learning a foreign language. If I don't speak French every day, I am never going to learn French. And I know that. And I don't. Although when I go to bed at night, I do monologues. You know, there are eight notes in a scale. There may only be eight notes in acting. I don't know. Uh, but, but the thing about it is, it's, it's like the more times you build the past of a character, it becomes automatic. Somewhere, I don't know why I didn't save it. It's like one of those moments I said, when am I ever going to use this? But 
And I've mentioned it before. There was an article in the New York Times about how many times you have to do something before it becomes a habit. And that's really it. I mean, people who, you know, go to the gym, it's a habit. They said it could be as many as 200 times. I have a feeling if I went to the gym 200 times, it still wouldn't be a habit. But that's what it is. It's insanity. It is total insanity. I mean, the reason I titled the book, I Don't Need an Acting Class, is ironic, of course, although some people didn't say that. Thank you, Amanda. But is because it's insanity to think you can just go in and do it. It's, it's insanity. I'm really good, I think, at script analysis. And the reason I'm good at script analysis is because I did it all the time. I fell in love with it the first time I had a class with Stella in script analysis. And I thought, oh, my God, this is fabulous. And it's just like I did it. I did it for five years in class. And then I just kept doing it. And that's when I called Stella and said, can I come over and show you how I do script analysis so I can see if I'm doing it right? And I told you, I got halfway through a, through a set description. <laughs> and she said, if you're getting that from the set description, it's time for you to teach this. And it's just, and it's because everything began to feed me. If you start all of these things, if you start looking at size of ideas as being important, apparently I'm the only teacher that's ever talked about that from some people. They said nobody talks about that. But I think you start looking at things and I, you can drive yourself insane, but it's like you see a stoplight and you say, what is that an idea of? And so you say that that's an idea of there is order in society. That's an idea. I have the luxury of being on the subway, so I see it all the time. I see a homeless person on the subway. What is that? That is an idea of that we reject people in our society. But you see, you know, it's like you that's that's an idea. And you start thinking that, and then all of a sudden you look at a monologue, and the monologue you, you see as an idea. And man, you, you start understanding that you as an actor have this phenomenal ability to be somebody who lifts people out of their boring lives by giving them the size of ideas. And it's like, whoa, hello. I mean, that's the reason I say all the time, religion didn't work. It just didn't work. Sorry, it didn't work. Theater does. I know, Brianna, it's possible. I've overstated it, but have you noticed my sweater matches the your bedspread? So listen, just a reminder, our sponsor, WeAudition.com, is a total full-service platform for actors where you can find a reader, you can put yourself on tape, you can get an acting coach. It's also really cheap. You sign up for like $10 a month. However, the good news is 
anybody who listens to our podcast gets a 25% discount by plugging in the code acting class. Anyway, I suggest that you try it out because it's terrific. I was helping somebody with an audition. It was so interesting to me that I was able, the reason I'm really good at coaching for these two-page auditions is because I have the ability to recognize a change in thoughts. One line of dialogue, I can find two thoughts. And what's interesting about that is because they're two thoughts, and all of these, by the way, all of these scenes read badly. They read like it's one action. I know it's like they don't know how to write these. And it sounds like somebody complaining or it sounds like somebody attacking somebody. But because there are thoughts, it allows you as an actor to have a specific relationship to each thought. And that's what breaks it up. I mean, that's what really that's that's what saves you. Do you, do you actually try different uh, impulses or like actions for each thought or like do you like, I, I, here's the thing no I let, let I'll just show you something okay I okay this happens to be the one I was working on okay this is for a TV series called Chicago Med or Chicago, I, I, any, some hospitals thing. Okay, so, so one of the things is that you figure is Ripley is a doctor and he is in the trauma room. So it's not that, Brian, I have a different impulse, certainly not a different action, but what I'm able to do is to look at the overall action. And basically the plot of this is Harris has, um, has had a reaction, which you can see from the first thing, your blood work shows elevated glucose, LDL, inflammatory markers. Okay. And so he's had this reaction and he's in the trauma room. So I know that going in. I know Ripley is a doctor. And so I immediately go to, I just quickly, quickly went to, all right, if he's a doctor, he knows all of this. This is not something he has to think about. This is something that uh, I think a doctor's mind is like a um, file folder on an Apple computer. It's like he goes elevated glucose. He goes to the file folder in his brain, marked elevated glucose, and in it are some subfolders. Then LDL, that's another one. So it's like that in doing that, he begins to come out with his decision that I think that your husband is over-medicated, too many medications at unnecessarily high doses. Okay, so this is not like he had something he had to torture himself over. This isn't like something he had to think about. This is the kind of stuff that you know. So I understand the overall kind of action of the scene, if you will. 
I know exactly what I'm doing. But here's the issue. The issue is, what is the difference between somebody that goes, your blood work shows elevated glucose, LDL, inflammatory markers. Have you experienced unusual weight gain? Yeah, look at this guy. These are all the metabolic symptoms which can be associated with the mood stabilizers you want. Is it serious? Yes, it can be life-threatening. Oh God, I knew something was wrong. Well, what I think is that your husband is over-medicated. Too many medications. Okay, so do you understand if that's my performance, how boring that is? Tediously boring. It's an action all on one level. But if I think in terms of thoughts, a sequence of thoughts, then I have a new thought. Have you experienced unusual weight gain? So now what I do is I think, what can I do with that? I have a specific relationship with each thought. It helps me because then I can, I, can, I can have the same action, but because I have a specific relationship with each thought, it gives me colors. So my action is, I, I want you to, and my impulse is, this is what we're dealing with. That's a very good impulse. And if you keep in mind the way I say it is the way I'll do it, then that is how I will do it. This is what we're dealing with. Your blood work shows elevated glucose, LDL, and then he has this little thing, because what does a doctor know about patients? They have no idea what any of that means. I had an MRI last week because of the study that I agreed to do, which is, is my brain Am I losing brain functions? And so at any rate, and so the, the fabulous doctor um, who, who looked at it and, and she started telling me this stuff and I went, I'm sorry. I said, you lost me at the third word. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I mean, and I, you know, that's a person. So do you see what I mean? I need a relationship to your blood work shows elevated glucose, LDL. So nobody knows what the hell that is. Does anybody know what that is? I mean, you know, they exactly. They took my blood pressure and they said, oh, good. Your blood pressure is one sort of things. I didn't even know what the hell that meant. I said, is that good? I don't know what blood pressure is. And they do it all the time and they have this thing and they put it on and it's really, you know, I know what my temperature is supposed to be in Fahrenheit, by the way, only. So it's like, but they put this thing on and it squeezes and it squeezes and it squeezes and then, then they look at it and they go to the thing. And apparently it used to be high because they have my charts. And so they go, oh boy, your blood pressure is much better. And I'm thinking to myself, sure. But does anybody know what blood pressure means? When I had my knee replacement, <laughs> when I had my knee replacement, they said, and if you're taking blood thinner, stop before the operation. 
And so I did. And then I had this knee replacement. And so I'm lying in the bed. And so she starts bringing me all these things. And I said, what's that? She said, oh, it's a blood thinner. And I said, what? I was told not to take blood thinners. I had this panicked reaction. And then eventually the doctor came in and the nurse said to him, he refuses to take the blood thinner. And I said, why am I taking blood thinner? And the doctor looked at me and he said, so you won't die. And I said, ah, blood thinner, please. So, okay. So then you make a choice that the doctor knows this. And so when he says it, it is not an action-packed grocery list. Does, does that make sense? Because that's how it reads. That is how it reads. If you read that scene, that is exactly how that scene reads. It's like somebody with a grocery list and going through the thing, and I think your husband is this, and I think your husband is that, and that's how it reads on the page. So why do I do all of that? So I can look at this and begin to cobble together what it is. It, it, then I'm playing a human being. I'm playing a human being because I am because the doctor is now a person and not a plot function. The doctor is now somebody who has a relate. Now, think of all the concepts here. We went through this with you promised to bring me the notes for the lecture. But again, look at this. He's a character. A character based on a profession. So now that tells me as an actor, and by the way, how difficult, you know, you have to say, oh, okay, wait a second. He's a profession. He's a doctor. That gives me something actable. I am always looking for something actable. So he's a doctor. That gives me something actable. He's talking to patients, right? He's talking to a patient in a trauma unit. So it's a trauma unit. So that gives me something actable. How does my character live in the circumstances of the play? It tells me about character. No doctor goes, oh my God, oh my God, you have a glucose level and an LDL and it's inflammatory. Not a doctor. Even knowing that it's a doctor tells me that I know how to play a profession. I mean, knowing the profession is fantastic. How does my character, always a character question, function in the circumstances of the play? Every play exists in a world. What we want to do is figure out what that world is so we can then put our character in that world and see how they live. Uh, many years ago, there was a, there was a show called, I think, called Chicago Hope, and the lead was an actor named Mandy Potemkin. And so there was a um, fun, sort of Hollywood-ish place on Santa Monica Boulevard where you went for breakfast. And so I was having breakfast with my friend Lindsay, who at the time was the head of Fox Searchlight, and three tables over was Mandy Potemkin, clearly with a doctor. And he was going over his script. 
And I remember, this is years ago, but I remember him saying to the doctor, so what exactly is this procedure? And then I heard him say, so what happens if something doesn't go right? And then what do you do? So, I mean, it was, in other words, it was the actor saying, I mean, he'd already been cast, but it was the actor doing the scene this week, wanting to know what that procedure was. Actable. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, so now we add to this, we add to this the element of the partner. Again, actable. Okay, so another concept, which of course we know is who is my partner. Now that makes total sense. I, I find acting to be so logical. It's not necessarily that you can do it, but it's so logical. Who is my partner? My partner informs how I play my action. I mean, that makes total sense. If my action is to teach, I teach totally different to this group, which is like professionals, semi-professionals, people who are serious about acting, than I did for the, the, the high school girls from Australia who had me come and teach them an acting class. And, but do you see what I mean? It, the action is still to teach, but the partner informs how I play the action. So what does that tell me? I have to have an attitude towards my partner. And how do I get an attitude towards my partner? I talk it out if I need to. Now, now look, with a lot of things, it's, it's, you just instinctively do it when you're a human being. I would say because a play is not a real situation. You know, keep that in mind. No one anywhere talks the way that they do in All My Sons. They only talk that way in an Arthur Miller play called All My Sons. Everything is selected. That's the reason the lunacy of saying just talk makes no sense at all. There's so many things that don't make sense about that. But that re it's like, what are you doing? Nobody talks like this. They only talk like this in a play. Same thing in with, with this whatever this is that we were looking at. It's the same thing. They only talk like that in a TV series because they have to get plot information out so that we know what's going on. And it's laying the groundwork for another plot point. So I have to get it out. So this is where I thought I was brilliant. And most of the time, 
I'm very modest about my brilliance, but this I thought was really brilliant. Uh, your blood work shows elevated glucose, LDL, inflammatory markers. So, okay, already a good choice, I thought, that these are, these are patients and these are not words they know. And so that was the reason inflammatory markers was a qualifier. Then, have you experienced unusual weight gain? And he says, yes, look at this gut. So here was my thinking when he says, have you experienced unusual weight gain? When you start talking to people about weight, it's always uncomfortable. People do not like to talk about their weight. And they do not like to talk about having gained weight. And so I made the decision that when I say, have you experienced unusual weight gain, that I want to tread lightly on that. You know, almost like I didn't realize he was overweight. I don't want to bring up an unpleasant subject, but have you noticed any weight gain lately? Do you see what I mean? So then it gives me another place to go. I know that no other actor is going to play that. Everybody else is going to play it like this is a doctor going through a checklist of things to ask. And so what happens in these plot points is they're not human beings. So look, here's what's wrong with you. Your glucose level is high and your LDL, which are inflammatory. So let me just ask you something. Have you had any sudden weight gain lately? Then he says, yes, look at this gut. Okay. Now, what do I know about him? It almost seems like he's happy to just admit that that's the truth. Like he's not uncomfortable talking about the fact that he's gained weight. So you as the doctor can go, oh, okay, this isn't something I have to worry about talking about now. Yeah, do you see? Do you see how, you know, I can use what's there and it tells me yeah. something? It tells me something and it gives me something to play. I mean, that's what's important. In doing this work, I now have something to play. He has a sense of humor. I can always tell with the nurse. I think I've told you before, when the, anytime I have to go to something and the nurse says to me, do you have any allergies? And I always look at her very deadpan and say, yes, Cats the Musical. And if she laughs, I know we're going to be friends. When I had the MRI the other day, I said, oh, yeah, I do have some things. Cats, the musical. And the nurse looked at me and said, what's the matter with the musical Cats? And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the worst hour of my life. So then when I have the next line, these are all metabolic symptoms which can be associated with the mood stabilizers you're on. Then, you, you, you see, I know it's like, okay, he's fine. 
now I can say to you, now it informs how I say. So, I mean, look, so all of these are metabolic symptoms which can be associated with the mood stabilizers you're on. So I don't have to be so hardcore. I don't have to. So you see what I mean? Everything gives me the opportunity for acting choices because I'm changing the subject. Because I know what the sequence of thoughts are. This is a new thought. In this new thought, yes, you know, maybe the action is to explain the whatever, but I don't worry so much about actions. You know, I trust my relationship to now I know who he is. I know who he's, he and his wife are. And so now when I do the next one, I don't have to worry so much. I don't have to worry so much because my attitude towards my partner has informed how I play this action. Um, all right. Anybody else questions about this? Does this help? I Don't Need an Acting Class is hosted and created by Milton Justice and produced by me, Walker Vreeland. The opening track is by Jeffrey Keezer called Miram from his album Wildcrafted, live at the Dakota. And the closing track is Nicholas Gabrielson with Martin Sandstrom and his orchestra. It's called How Easy It Would Be. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, if you can, we would just love you for it and uh, you can find us on instagram at i don't need an acting class as well as our website i don't need an acting class.com thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you back here next week